Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. What a joy to be back with you this morning. We're going to jump right in the Word. I'm not going to look at your faces. You're not going to mess with me. I'm going to get through at least four points of this message because I have to wrap it up next week. But uh, we started two weeks ago on a message titled Living the Life. Oh, let me pause and just say a huge thank you to Pastor Jamie who uh, pulled it out last week. And uh, I started texting him on Friday because I wanted to preach. I had my message ready and uh, my, my nose was just pouring and I, I sounded horrible. Don't sound real good today, but uh, I believe by Holy Spirit it'll just kind of go through your ears in a, in a nice way. But uh, anyhow, so Saturday morning, I told him, I think I could do it, but please be ready. Saturday afternoon, I was like, it's not looking good. And Saturday night late, I texted him and I said, I think you're it. And Sunday morning, I didn't have the strength to get out of bed to say you're it. So he was ready and uh, I appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, if, if you don't know, this mess kind of went through uh, our whole staff about, I don't know, 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 of our staff all had it in the last couple of weeks, as well as several hundred of you. And uh, the good news is we've gone through it. Amen. We got some, uh, we got some really great antibodies and uh, we're ready to tackle this thing and move on. Amen. How many of you are just tired of that word, that C word? I'm not talking about cancer either. I'm tired of that word too, but uh, I'm just ready to move on. And uh, so we're going to jump into this today. Let me pray. Father, you are awesome love you. Man, I, I am so thankful today as we just sang that powerful song that literally praise is our warfare. That in the middle of whatever we're going through, Father, that we will praise you. And in doing so, uh, everything the enemy meant for bad is reversed and turned for the goodness and the glory of God. And so today, as we jump into this word, I thank you for fresh anointing. I do not depend upon self or even study, Father. I depend upon your anointing today to break yokes, set captives free, save those who are lost, heal those who are sick, Father, to give us strength and uh, a grace for the day that we're living in. And so I pray that as we go through these things that you've spoken into my heart for us as a people for 2022, that every person in this house will come with a hearing ear. They come with faith, believing, Father, that they need to hear, even if the word is something that they've heard in the past hundreds of times, Lord, that you're still speaking fresh and new to us today through your word, by your spirit. So we depend upon you today, and we give you thanks for the power of your word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. All right, so point number two of living the life that God has called us to live is the Word. And uh, as we shared a couple of weeks ago, uh, before we had to uh, postpone the rest of our seven days of gathering, you think that wasn't an attack of Satan? He does not like God's people praying, gathering, worshiping, standing in the gap one for another. He'll do anything he can and, uh, but the reality is, greater is he that's in us. I was walking, having a prayer walk yesterday afternoon, and I, I was saying, Lord, I, I get so tired sometimes of these struggles, but the struggles are temporal. They're not going to last forever. 
Even though when you're in the middle, don't you think, Lord, is this thing ever going to end? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a rough marriage right now. Maybe it's your finances are so deep in the hole, there's, there just doesn't look like there's an answer. Maybe you're going through something physically or your child's going through something. Maybe you've had a tragedy. This week we heard of one of our families that had been a part of our church way back 30 years ago, um, and the wife and the mother was tragically killed in a car accident Wednesday. You know, there, there are sometimes no answers on this earth for what we're going through. But this we know, we can trust God. And our dependency is upon every promise that he gave us through the word. So what does the enemy want to do in your life more than just about anything else? He wants to keep you out of God's word. So he'll bring whatever. You know, I was, uh, I was doing a, a discipleship thing a couple years ago before I was diagnosed with about 36 different men in the house, three different groups. And, and I had them kind of broken down from the young group to the middle age guys and then the older group, which I was, I was a part of all three, but the older group I identified more with because we, we were all my age and up. I was almost the baby in that group, felt good. And, uh, but in the young group, uh, in the beginning, we were talking about the need of being in the Word and we were talking about the disciplines and finding something that works for you that'll get you and help you to stay in the Word of God every day. So we're talking about you version of the Bible and and the uh, daily Bible reading. And, and so one of the young men said that uh, we were, we, everybody was being honest. We were talking about, you know, the, the, the times when you miss and you regret it. And sometimes condemnation comes and you have to fight that because that's never of God. But, but the need to be disciplined in the Word. And, and one of the brothers said, and he wasn't boasting, he just said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm 436 days in a row in the Word. And everybody just looked at him like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, you know, he shows his phone. And, and so something in that kind of, you know, the competitiveness uh, sparked in me. And so like, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get on that thing too. And so, man, I went through that thing and, and I was at about 300 and something days when I had my uh, transplant last May. And the one day that I actually had the transplant when I was the sickest I forgot to tell my wife to open my phone and read me that verse. <laughs> and the next day, I went and I opened up, totally forgot about it, and, and it was zero. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I'm never going to catch up with him. And I started, and man, I was just blowing and going, and everything was great. And I was up to like 186 at Thanksgiving when I ended up in the hospital over in Louisiana and uh, had that blood clot on my lungs. And I had read the scripture that morning, so I was good. And then the next morning I'm in the hospital and I'm just like, I'm in a lot of pain. So I tried to open my, my Bible a couple of times. I couldn't focus. My head was hurting. And the next day I woke up and I was back to zero. <laughs> so today I'm on like day 46. Hey Amen. You know, you just start over, right? Isn't that like the kingdom of God? Sometimes you just mess up. 
God forgives you. And look, he, he didn't have to forgive me for, for, you know, I didn't repent. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, that's just a competitive, you know, thing. How many of y'all have a competitive? Anybody have a competitive thing? Really? Some of you women do? Wow, I'm very impressed. But we need to be in the Word. So two weeks ago, uh, the beginning of the year, we started uh, a new uh, discipline this year. And, uh, you know, you can find whatever works for you. But as a church family, I don't know if you guys have that, but if you could throw that um, up. We are doing, um, it's called Four Streams Bible Plan. And uh, this year it has no devotional. It's all Word. Man, I'm already like seven days ahead. Because I get in Genesis and I cannot stop. Those stories are amazing. Now, it takes about 20 minutes to read through the devotional. Maybe 25. Some of y'all are saying 30. But, but you start reading. And in this uh, reading that we're doing this year, Four Streams, I think it's called. And uh, we, we'll be going through the Old Testament one time. The New Testament four times. Psalms twice and Proverbs three times. And if you need a devotional, if you need somebody else to, you know, encourage you with something, find something. There's, man, we're living in 2022. There is so much good stuff. It's amazing. I mean, uh, what's the guy's name we read from last year? Nikki uh, Gumbel. Uh, they have one out for 2022. So if you really liked that last year, you know, take it, stay with it. But find something. That every single day, and hear me, forget this mess about I'm not an early morning person. If your life depended upon you getting up to do something, you will get up and do it. Hear me, your life depends upon you being in the Word of God. And late at night, right before you go to bed, if you use Bible reading to put you to sleep instead of Ambien... That's not a good time to have your daily devotional. Just read something extra at night, if that's what you do. But I want to encourage you to start out your day with a word. You know what that means? It's called a clock, alarm clock. You open up your phone, you set it, and then you set it every five minutes for however many rounds you need to get up. So if it's going to take you 20 minutes to meditate on the Word of God, read the Word, another few minutes of worship, another few minutes of prayer as you start your day, then 30 minutes needs to be your goal before everything else starts. Now, you can get up and run to the bathroom, okay? I give you permission and blessing to do that. But uh, the, the reality is you want to have your mind focused on the Word of God. Man, it's getting quiet in here. Y'all wake up and say amen or something. Or ouch, or pastor, seriously. Yes, seriously. Get in the Word of God, because you're going to go through crap in your life. All hell's going to come against you, and it's not the Word you hope you have. It's the Word you have in your heart that's going to give you the victory to overcome. Amen? Amen, whether y'all like it or not. Amen. All right, so jump in the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to give you some scriptures for each of these points. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Say this last part out loud. And the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. How many things? And without him was not anything made that was made. Wow, period, exclamation mark. I don't care what they say out there. Everything was made by God. Everything. You know, they just shot this new satellite up a couple of weeks ago that's supposed to be so much more incredible than the last satellite they shot up with a telescope, and uh, they're going to see a billion years. <laughs> I love it. Talking about needing to have faith in some scientists, like how many years is a billion years? In light of eternity, nothing. They're looking into the dark space. <laughs> they keep looking, they're going to find Christ. They keep searching because the Word of God declares He created it all. The Word, everything that was made, was made by God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I was watching um, a part of the end of The Chosen Season 2 and the preview for, pre uh, for Season 3. And, uh, and they kept going back and forth from uh, when Jesus was still alive before the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. And then they were flipping over to... 38 years past his resurrection, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is older. Uh, the disciples are all older. James and John have already been martyred for their faith. And John is sitting in a room, and all the disciples were coming to, the, to, to Jerusalem, and one by one, he was getting their story. He was giving every disciple the opportunity to share their things that they remembered of Christ. Because, it, it, and in the video, he says, he's sitting at this table with a candle, and he's talking with Mary, the mother of Christ. And she asked him, well, where will you start? And he says, in the beginning. Jesus was the Word, is the Word, and will forever be the Word. Why does Satan want you out of the Word of God? It's not about being a religious person with a religious habit of reading the Word. It's about knowing Christ. Every time you open up the Word of God, lately I've been in inviting Holy Spirit every morning before I start reading, whether I'm reading in Genesis or, or the New Testament or in a Psalm, I'm inviting Holy Spirit and I say, Holy Spirit, open up my eyes. Help me to see what I've never seen before. Give me a greater revelation of things I've read so many times. I don't want it to become familiar. And as I was watching that video, literally, I had tears running down my face, chill bumps on my arms as I was looking at John as he's pinning those words, in the beginning was. Well, he was actually talking about in the beginning of Genesis. But then as he begins to look at Christ, he says, in the beginning was the word. And, and something about that 
I've read this so many times for those of you that have been with me to Cuba. It was, it's the, it was the one uh, passage that, that every, every time we preached during those four and a half years of the Million Bible Project, every church, three services a day for five days, 15 services, I would begin with, in the beginning was the word. And I'd hold up that word, that word that they did not have until we handed them. That's why they were kissing their Bibles and yelling, glory, adios, embracing the Word of God, the same ones we throw in our truck or put up on our dash to make everybody think that we're really spiritual. All you're doing is tearing up your Bible when you do that. You're burning, the sun's burning it up. It's not the Word on your dash that matters. It's the Word in your heart that will change your life, change radically your life. So church, we got to be in the Word. Number three, worship. You're just not going to spend a lot of time in the Word without having a desire to worship God. Our expression during corporate worship when we gather, and I'm so thankful for Jamie and all the musicians and all the singers, all the gifts and talents that we have on this stage but if the only time you ever sing an expression of worship to God is when someone else leads you, oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. God wants to hear your voice in the shower. He wants to hear it when you're driving down the road. He wants to hear it when you're with your family and you take a little bit of time to worship together as a family. And then you bring your family to the house of God. And it's just... You don't need, that's why I appreciate Jamie so much is a long time ago, Jamie came to the revelation, he didn't need to be a cheerleader for us. I don't need somebody leading me in a chair. I just need somebody that's gifted and all these amazing musicians to take us where we can't go when we're by ourselves. But boy, don't, don't give up what you have by yourself for this. Because Jamie's not that good. The drummer's not that good. Pianist's not that good. Guitar players, they're not that good. They're great. But they cannot replace what God wants to hear from you, from your heart. He wants you to be a worshiper. When you're by yourself, last Sunday, Suzanne was here, and, and uh, a few of you were here. Man, last week it was Slim Pickens. But it's all right. Sick people need to stay home. Sick people at home, get well this week. I'll see you next Sunday. Man, just, just get an itch. I got a text from one of our ladies, and she's like, Pastor, oh, my gosh. I was so excited, ready to come to church. They hadn't been in church in three weeks because the Omicron just went one by one. Listen, when it hits your house, just lick the spoon. Lick the spoon, pass it on. My gosh. <laughs> lick it and move on. And yesterday, their little girl, I'm talking about Justin and Dana Hart. Justin's here with the boys this morning. Everybody's at it. And then the little girl gets you, Dana's texting. She's watching right now. See, Dana, I told her I was going to preach to you. But, but she's like, my fourth Sunday. And, and thank God we had the ability in 2022 to be able to watch service. Last Sunday, I'm on my couch in my pajamas, got the fire going. And I'm thinking some people have traded the house of God for this. Yeah. 
I mean, I got my PJs on, fire's crackling, Jamie's up on the big screen in my house, not this big. (laughs) And it ain't the same. My, 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 is it not the same. I mean, I'm just hands up worshiping, and I am glad to be able to do it. But it's not the same. It's not even the same as Suzanne had to stay home with me, and it was just her and I. Because she's always over there like this. Like, give it a break, baby. Come on, you're making me look bad in front of God. I can't keep my arms, can't keep my arms up that long. I'm just joking with you, okay? I'm not that competitive. I'm really not. Y'all see my cup? It says, be careful or you will end up in my sermon. Y'all don't be laughing too loud when you're not supposed to be. Somebody gave me that. They thought it was true. Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Lifting your hands, giving expression, shouting unto God. That's not for you. That's because he's worthy. He's worthy. Doesn't matter who's around, who's looking. The other day I had to go get a treatment down in Ocala and asked my son Nathan to drive me down. And, and so he did. And when we were through, I felt better than I thought I would. So I, uh, we went by and got a coffee. And then I said, are you hungry or you got to get back in a hurry? He said, well, I work for you. So I said, okay. <laughs> so we went to lunch at um, um, Ivy House in Ocala. Wonderful place. Dear friend of mine and Suzanne owns that, Miss Evelyn who just lost her husband a year ago from cancer. And uh, Evelyn's a mighty woman of God, and they have a restaurant in um, Williston and Ocala. So we went there. We're having a quiet private lunch in the corner, and a couple comes in and sits down, and she, uh, she looks at our plate, and she just, her eyes got real big, and I said, just order the crispy chicken. Everything comes with it. You don't even need the menu. Just go with crispy chicken. I said, I've been eating this for 20-plus years. It's fabulous. And so she smiled, and, uh, and then we were getting ready to go, and I asked them where they're from, and they said, uh, from Ohio, they'd never eaten there before. And so I said, well, what, what are you doing down here? And we got into conversation, and she said, oh, we have our RV here over in Chiefland. And, and one thing led to another. We shared a little bit, and, uh, and I got up, and I put my hand on her husband Jim's shoulder, and I said, welcome to Florida We'd love to have you anytime. Just don't bring your liberal ideas down here with you. And she shouted, amen. She she got all excited. And she asked me what I did. And I told her I was a pastor. And and, uh, we had talked about, you know, the battle that I'm going through. And so we got up to leave. And she grabs my hand. She said, can I pray for you? Right in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah, baby. I mean, she, her husband grabs my hand. She grabs my hand. Nathan puts his, his, his hand on my shoulder. And man, she just goes to praying out loud. Awesome. Ought not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of agreement. The prayer of the righteous availeth much. 
A lot. Much. See, if you're all caught up in the flesh and pride, and what are people going to think? You're like, could you pray quiet? You know, or you squat down. Man, just let it out. And I could sense people around us just listening. She prayed a precious prayer of faith. And I walked out worshiping God for two more saints that have said, I'm going to pray for you. There's so much to worship God for. How many of y'all woke up this morning it's pouring down rain? How many of you, when you pulled into the parking lot, the sun was breaking through? I mean, I looked out the back window a minute ago. The sky was blue. And, this, and I was thinking about my sister and brother-in-law who pastored the Rock of Asheville. They went to bed last night at midnight. And they woke up with not a drop of snow on the ground. They woke up this morning. And it looked like a f- plus a foot. Church canceled. Can't have service. I said, thank you, Jesus, for the state of Florida. And for the call and the anointing of God to come to Gainesville and not Asheville, North Carolina. And so all the brothers that we, a bunch of us uh, guys that have known each other for 40 plus years, uh, some of us went to college together. We write each other every Sunday morning in text and everybody's telling their war stories. One of the guys, Kenny, he said, we haven't seen above zero. He lives in Northern Kentucky. He said, we haven't seen above zero in two weeks. He said, my wife's about to kill me. He said, she dreams every day, talks about the beaches of Florida. <laughs> I wrote him, I said, bro, I don't know what you did that God would send you to Kentucky. <laughs> but I believe he gives you the desires of your heart. So you might want to start praying and fasting so your wife will be happy. <laughs> worship. You have every reason to worship God. And you don't need a worship team to do it. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 and 11 says this. Says this. In just a minute, I'll be there. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes. How many of y'all love the book of Revelation? How many of y'all are scared of Revelation? Because <laughs> I only saw like 10 hands raised. Man, I love Revelation. And You ought not to be afraid as a spirit-filled believer. Just like you ought not to be afraid of death, you shouldn't be afraid of revelation. It is the end story. And it is a story of victory. And no matter what we're going through, hear me, we win. No, no, I'm sorry. We won. We already won. If you don't quit, you don't give up, you don't throw in the towel, you take every white handkerchief you have, and you dye it some other color and use it for worshiping God and not surrender to the enemy, you have every reason, no matter what you're going through, to not give up. Why? Because Jesus already paid the price. It doesn't mean he paid the price so you're not going to have any problems going through life. You, as the righteous of God, are going to suffer. Boy, listen to all the amens. We don't, we don't, we American Christians don't like that word. Holy Spirit over the last couple months has prompted me to read some books that I'm careful that I don't let too much of it come out in the pulpit, but they're all books about the saints of God that 
not did suffer, but are suffering. Going through stuff today that we, the American church, cannot comprehend or understand. This last couple years, we've begun to see a glimpse of some things. But the price that many of our brothers and sisters, we're 336 million strong in America, 1.6 billion in China, 1.45 billion in India. There are millions and millions of believers today that don't have the luxury of coming and worshiping God like we do. I'm not going to let any rock cry out on my behalf. I'm not going to let somebody else worship God on my behalf. There are brothers and sisters today that sneak in the middle of the night together, 10, 12, 15 strong, worship God with passion and intensity and tears and barely you can hear a sound when there's 15 of them together because it's illegal kind of where some of the leadership of our nation is wanting to go with America which is to take away our freedoms as Christians the church is just in the beginning stages in America of going through some stuff. And if you're sitting here and say, man, pastor, I got my little kids in here. Well, you need to prepare your little kids. Get them off of stupid vision and all the games they're playing on their little pads. And don't be afraid to read the book of Revelation. And don't be afraid to talk to your children about what's going on in the world so that they will have empathy and a passion and a heart for those who love God every bit as much or more than we do and are willing to die together to worship. This is not a downer. It's just we get real quiet because we don't even know how to deal with that. Every person in this church family should be in a small group, a connect group. Bible study, prayer, worship, fellowship. I don't know if 50% of you are. Everybody that's a part of the Rock of Gainesville on a consistent basis ought to be in the house of God, not only on Sunday, but Wednesday. Why? Because the Lord has put it in us together because we need it. And yet, Wednesday night, the only, the only service that's smaller than Wednesday night service is Bible, is prayer. Because we think we're too busy. And we allow other things, work, that could be pushed off till tomorrow. We actually have excuses why we can't come for an hour of time in the Word together. We started this last Wednesday night. Oh, I'm just daddying y'all this morning. Is that okay? Y'all are getting real quiet on me, and, and, and I'm not worried about it. Because I'm going to stand before God and give an account. We're making connect groups available for everybody in this house. Some of y'all should be leading connect groups, groups of five or ten men or five or ten women or uh, couples, or meet for whatever even fun reasons you like to meet. I'm a part of a, a, a group called the two-seater group, two seats. Got to have only two seats to be a part of our connect group. Not really. You can have whatever you want, but we have six, seven couples that 
that are old couples that can afford a fun car, and everybody has a used old sports car, and we gather and meet at Publix and drive to the coast and have a meal, and we uh, pray together, and we share each other's needs, and we're on a connect group, and every time there's a need, everybody's connecting on that. I need that. Guess what? I'm not the head of that group. I'm just one of the peons. I'm just, I'm just one, of the, one of the part of the group. Yeah, but you're the senior pastor, leader of the... Yeah, but, but, but this connect group was not my group. I just asked to be a part of it. And I need those people standing in agreement with me. I need to sit down with my team and begin to open up the Word together. We're going to do more of that soon as a team. Why? Because we have to prepare for the days that we are living in. Not out there in the future somewhere. I'm talking about here and now. And I'm not getting into all the political stuff because I'm telling you, it's way more powerful than the political stuff. It's about our salvation and about walking out in victory, the life that God has called us to do. And a part of that, first of all, is the Word. Secondly, it's worship. So in the middle of whatever we're going through, how many of y'all are going through something? Let me just see your hand. You're going through something right now in your life. Learn to worship God. Learn to praise Him in the midst of it. Let me get back to Revelation. The four living creatures, each of them with six wings, man, I can't even comprehend that, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, listen to this, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created how many things? All things, and by your will, they existed and were created. Revelation chapter 4, that's right after Revelations 1, 2, the beginning of 3, where Jesus reveals to John the Revelator, and he says, write these things to the seven churches. One of those churches you want to be identified with. The rest of them, in the midst of the Lord saying something to them, he says, but I have this odd against you. I began to say, Lord, whatever ought you have against some area of my life, I don't want it hidden anymore. Don't want to hide it. I want the light of the gospel of Jesus to shine on it so that I can confess it, acknowledge it, repent of it, denounce it, and walk in victory. Amen? Walking in victory, giving praise to God. Why? Because I'm worthy of hell, but Jesus died to give me heaven. Man, if that's not something worthy of praise and worship, what is? We were bound for hell. I know some of y'all, and I know your stories. Don't forget what God delivered you from. Man, it's great to have been in church 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Just don't ever forget his wonderful, marvelous mercy. Cleansed you, healed you, delivered you, set you free. 
and established his presence. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are the only ones worthy to be worshipped. So always guard your heart from worshiping things or possessions. Always. Monday night, I did something I rarely do. I've kind of lost interest, uh, which is mind-boggling to me in most, uh, almost all professional sports. I, I don't watch anything outside of golf. Golf is a god. Golf is a god thing. Uh, I don't like... I don't like the culture of the NFL, don't like the culture of the NBA, don't like watching men that are heroes to kids bow their knee to stuff when they ought to be worshiping God in front of these children. I've lost interest in most college sports, but I still like Gator football when they're winning. (laughs) I am not a good fan. I just don't, I don't need that frustration in my life on a Saturday when I'm getting ready to preach on Sunday. And so uh, I, I, I haven't, I don't think I, I finished hardly one game this year, but Monday night, I watched Alabama, hallelujah, get beat by the dogs of Georgia, who both beat us this year. And I watched the idolatry at the end of that game. And I said, Lord, I don't ever want to be caught up in that again. Oh, I enjoyed the game. Fourth quarter, Georgia scores three touchdowns in eight and a half minutes. The interception at the end that just sealed the deal. Players are crying. They're crying. They, they, They won the game. I'm for them. Cry all you want. But without Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And that game and that championship is going to mean nothing. Don't let things have first place in your heart. And if you come to the house of God and you can't ever lift your hands, but you go to a game and scream like a maniac, don't tell God that he's first in your life. See, y'all don't want me missing a week. I just come back and start, start daddying us. But it's just such the word. Guard your heart. Love God. Use money. Don't love money and use God. Money, your money, or hear me, lack of it, will help you to see what God already knows about what's in your heart. I can't repeat that. It was good. So God knows what's in your heart. I was watching a comedian the other day. Somebody told me about, I'd been home, and uh, somebody told me about this guy that's a Christian comedian, and his, his, his name's something Junior. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Michael Junior. And I was watching this guy perform on stage for like 43 minutes. And 15 minutes of it, in the middle of his comedian comedy act, he keeps going back to being faithful to God. You pay your tithe because that, that, that's just foundational. And I'm like, hold it, what? 
It's a comedian. How in the world is he getting this in here? And then I found out he's a part of Robert Morris's church in Dallas. And I said, oh, that's how, because it is foundation in their life. And he just talked about that. He was talking about giving, giving your life. And, and he's using all this funny stuff. And he's bringing back to how we have a responsibility to take the gifts that God has given us and to use them to touch other lives. Giving, giving our lives, giving our money, giving our gifts, giving our talents, giving everything. And, and every once in a while, he'd just come back and say, I'm not talking about the tithe because the tithe, that's just foundation. I'm like, wow, a comedian gets it. Understanding the foundational truths of God's Word so you come back and you can be that worshiper that's giving your life for the kingdom. I'm asking the Lord for 2022 for the Rock of Gainesville that we live our lives beyond missions events, beyond one week of what do we call that in the summer? Reach week, which I love. But Holy Spirit began to say, why don't we have reach day 365 days out of the year? I said, Lord, I don't even know how, I don't even, that's, I don't even know how to do that. He said, well, but I do. Seek my face. I'm going to reveal. We're talking in the presbytery every single week. We're talking about searching for ways that we as a people, individually, corporately, can touch our community. There's enough of the political hatred going on. They're hurting people in this city that we need to touch their lives in a way that will impact them for eternity. And I'm telling you, if we'll live in the Word and be worshipers, it'll set the stage for us to say, God, What's next today? Who's, who today do I get the opportunity to touch? No judgment. Nothing but the compassion that Christ has for the lost. You know why Jesus has not come back for us today, whether you want to call it the rapture or, or the second coming or whatever. You know why Jesus is not yet back? Because God has a heart for hurting lost people. We're not going to be remembered for our politics. You're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful, because you were a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent. Jesus. So, so I'm way ahead in my Bible reading in the book of Acts, and, and I, I've been just mesmerized like it's the first time I've ever read the last five, six chapters of the book of Acts in Paul's life. And how many times he's just preaching the gospel and they decide they don't like what they, that he's saying, so they just grab him and start beating the hell out of him. Drag him outside and throw stones and they think they killed him. And so they turn around, they're high-fiving each other, walking out. And the disciples come and, and it says Paul got up. <laughs> he just got up and went back in to the synagogue and began to teach again. I mean, just, I'm like, Lord, I can't even comprehend this. He's just teaching and preaching the pure word of God all the way back to Genesis every time. All the way back to Abraham. All the way back to the promises of God to the children of Israel. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm living in 2022 right now where at least when y'all get mad at me, you don't stone me. 
You know, you give me bad looks, but you don't stone me. But they were just beating the mess out of him. Until at the end, they severed his head. And Paul declared more than a conqueror. And I'm saying, God, I, I can't comprehend this. And yet, you're worthy of my praise. Worthy of my worship. I'm going to get one more in, okay? Number four, prayer. Matthew chapter 6, I'm not going to take the time to read this, verse 5 through 13. The disciples are asking the Lord, and, and Jesus says this one powerful thing that just over and over in my spirit constantly I hear. Jesus says, look up here, listen. He said, when you pray. Okay, church? He didn't say if you pray. When you pray. This is how you go about praying. You know, and he lays out a whole bunch of things. Man, don't want to act like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other C's. He said, don't, don't do it as unto man. Hear me. Some of you need to go in your prayer closet, learn how to pray. So when you come into corporate prayer, your prayers are not preaching messages to the other saints. Your prayer is a true prayer of your heart to the Father. I'm reading for the third or fourth time, can't remember, a book, Holy Spirit, prompted me to go back a few days ago and read again. It's a novel by Randy Alcorn. It's called Safely Home. It's, it's probably one of the most eye-opening, powerful stories I've ever read because one, it's true, the story he writes didn't even just happen 20 years ago when he wrote this book, but it's happening today all over the nation of China, all over other nations of the world where the gospel is not allowed to be preached, where, pe where, 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 where government soldiers come in and take fathers out of homes and kill them in front of their families. And I'm, I'm reading this story of this family riding a bike at two o'clock in the morning, freezing cold, father, mother, and son, to get to a house church where, where service starts at three in the morning and it's over before daybreak because they have to disband, get on their bikes, and ride back to their homes. And I'm reading about the price that they paid, and, and the author's writing and he's, and he's telling the story of their prayer meetings. And I'm reading this knowing it's a novel, but convicted in my own heart. And, and, and last night as I was reading, I, I caught myself praying, Lord, I remember a time when another brother and I, about 36, 37 years ago, met in a prayer room, just the two of us, young Men, desperate to do the will of God, want to preach the gospel, want to obey God. And days we met week after week after week for several months. And I'll never forget that one morning early, we were meeting at five o'clock in the morning and, and the time had, had just no longer become an issue and, and 
we went through five o'clock and six o'clock and seven and eight and, and we're just the two of us and we're worshiping, we're praying and we're, we're asking God for more. And we had worked our way from the youth auditorium to my office. And we're in there and we're praying. And this is the only time this has ever happened in my entire life. And last night, I said, Lord, I want to experience that. That I experienced that day again. We were hungry as young men for more of God. And I'll never forget as I opened my eyes and our, my office was full of a cloud. And the next thing I knew, I was on my back and I have no idea how long I was there. But around 9.30 in the morning, all of a sudden, Tillman and I both began to stir. And his presence was so strong. And his calling was so real. I have called you for such a time as this. I have set you apart. And it wasn't but a few months later when the confirmation of Holy Spirit came to my pastor, to the men around me. It was time for George and Suzanne to go. The rest is history. We're 34 years into this. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to be stuck in a prison in China or Cuba or Peru. I don't want to be there to have to get desperate for you. I don't even know, Father, anymore what it really means to be that desperate. But your presence, I long for. We won't get that church as casual inquirers. We won't get that when we bebop into prayer meetings and spend half the time talking to other people. We won't get that until we get hungry for the things of God that we've never known before. His spirit, so real, that it's tangibly, you, can, you almost feel like you could touch it. Paul heard a voice, fell off his horse. His eyes were blinded by the sun, not the S-U-N. Blinded by the S-O-N. And he cried out, Lord, Lord, what would you have of me? This isn't a message to encourage young preachers to do what it takes. This is a message to us as the church. God wants us to go deeper, not be afraid of it. Jesus said, when you pray, when you pray, you start with our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Jesus' emphasis was when we pray, not if we pray. So I want to encourage you as the church, as we hear these words that have been preached so many times over the years in our house, and yet today 
I believe God is calling us and saying, do you want to go deeper with me? I, I, don't, I don't want to have to go to some conference in some other state or city. I want to, I want to lead our house into a place where we become desperate for him. That we don't have to pay several hundred dollars for an airplane ticket and a hotel to go to some conference in another place because God showed up over there. I believe God wants to show up right here among us when he becomes the priority of our life. So the word, so worship, so prayer. And out of the depths of your heart, Lord, I want so much of you that what I've had in the past will seem irrelevant because it's new and it's fresh. You don't have to wait till you're on the deathbed to get that. We have not because we've asked not. And when we've asked, we haven't asked in faith. What's it going to take? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm opening up my soul to you today. To say, I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the things of God that so will not only touch my life, it'll radically touch my grandchildren's life. Our kids, our kids here at the Rock of Gainesville need a touch of God. They are accustomed to this. This is not all there is. This is not all there is. This is not all there is. Our kids need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God to where you will not have to wonder or even ask them, did the Holy Spirit come into your life? It'll be evidenced. I know without a doubt in my life what Jesus did when I was eight years old set the stage for me to be standing here today at 64 still loving him because I could never forget when he saved me. He was only a boy, eight years old. Had no revelation or understanding, theological understanding of what was taking place. But when God touches you, Theology will come later. Understanding will come later when he touches you. Would you bow your head for just a moment? Father, Lord, I didn't plan to go here today, but I trust you. I pray that there are many in this room, this house today, that have the same desire, hunger, and passion for the greater things that you have for us so that we will be so mesmerized by the power and the presence of God that we, like the 24 elders, will not need someone to tell us to bow on our knees. We will bow in your presence, overwhelmed with your goodness. 
Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you in our lives today, in our lives, to stir in us a hunger. Stir in the men in this house, oh God, a hunger. Help men to be willing to examine their own hearts and say, what's the most important thing in my life? Is it my sports? Is it my hunting? Is it my fishing? Is it my car? Is it my home? Is it my possessions? And if they are, Father, that we will be willing, broken before you to say, God, I don't want things to have first place in my heart. I want you to have first place. So, Father God, I invite your presence to stir in us even as we walk out of this building today. That we will not leave. We will not leave behind what you've been saying to us all morning. We need you, Father, to be the light of the world that Florida needs, that Gainesville needs, that our nation needs. We need you to shine forth in our lives in ways we've never experienced or known before. So consumed with you that you are all that matters so that we walk out the redeemed of the Lord, the saved of the Lord, the healed of the Lord, the whole of the Lord, our marriages, our families, our children. Lord, I don't want a replacement of Brownsville Revival or the Jesus Movement or any great revival in the past. Father, we're hungry for what you're wanting to do in 2022 all over the world. Begin with us. Let judgment begin here in our house, Father. Deal with our sin, our complacency, our apathy, our failures, our idolatry. Father, begin with us. So that what's left is a broken people hungry for the fullness of what you have in our lives so that we overcome fear and doubt and unbelief, anxiety and all the lies that the world has sold the church. So oftentimes we look and sound and act just like the unbeliever and then proclaim that we're Christians. Start with us in this house, the Rock of Gainesville. Start with the leadership. Start with me, oh God. So that all that's left after the brokenness is hearts that hunger to do the will of God. Thank you for sustaining my life. Thank you for grace, for healing. Thank you for the prayers of the righteous. Thank you for the joy of corporate worship and us gathering so that your name is glorified and lifted high. I bless you. I honor you.
And I declare there is no other but you, worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship. And I give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. I want to invite you, encourage you. Wednesday night, last Wednesday, I invited Franco Gennaro to bring a three-week teaching to our house that we desperately need, you need. We're going to talk about, we started this last week talking about being a disciple of Christ and what that really means. I I don't want to just be a believer. I want to be a disciple. And I've invited him to teach us out of the revelation, the anointing that's on his life in this area. And it was so good Wednesday night. So if you didn't watch it online and you weren't here, please, before Wednesday, go online and listen to it. I think we can do that. I don't know. Sorry. I know we, we normally don't save the Wednesday nights, but, but you need to hear it. But I want to encourage you to come. It's important. It's vital. Get off work when you can. Get here as quickly as you can. Hour. We come in here, we worship, and the Word's going to be taught. Bring your Bible, bring your notebook, open up your iPhone, take notes. Because, hear me, Jesus called us to be disciples. And if we're going to go to the place where the Father wants us, we're not going to settle for one hour and a half, unless Pastor George is preaching on Sunday morning. It's not enough. You need to be here. You need to bring your family. Leave the kids' iPads at home for 45 minutes. Teach your kids to discipline, to sit and listen to the Word taught. Man, I'm just going in all deep today, so just get it all out. And then if you're not in a connect group, I want to encourage you. We have a lot of connect groups. Some of you should be leading connect groups. You've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. You've never led a group. All you got to do to lead a group is be willing to facilitate, open up your heart, open up your home, or you can meet all kinds of places. But you need it. Families need it. Couples need it. And I encourage you to get involved. Some of you, many of you have already signed up for our new freedom groups. Some of you have been walking with the Lord a long time, but you do not walk in freedom in your life. Don't get under condemnation with that. Realize that God, what He allowed, what He made His Son Jesus do at the cross was so that you and I could be free. I don't want to just barely make it to heaven. I want to I want to go into heaven dancing the praises of God. An overcomer. Revelation, seven times. The angel of the Lord said to John, write this, to him who overcomes. One of the things he writes is to him who overcomes. I'll not erase his name out of the book of life. I don't want my name erased. I want it big and bold. Well done. Get involved in the next, these freedom groups we're starting right now are already completely full. But the next one, some of you, don't be ashamed. Don't let pride in. You got some areas in your life. Some of you men, we got a new group starting, Jamie's group. What's it called again, Jamie? Conquer Series. Conquer series. 
And one of the great attacks against us men in our world, down to our little boys, deals with the flesh and lust. God wants you free. He wants you free. He wants you to where you're walking in such freedom, that stuff has no impact anymore in your life. If it still has an impact to draw, you're still tempted on the computer, you need to sign up for that group. You got to humble yourself, show up with some other men, be willing to say, I'm, I'm tired of the enemy beating me in this. I'm a spirit-filled believer who ought to be walking in victory. And every once in a while, I'm still being tempted to go look at stuff I ought not to look at. Well, I might as well just get it all out, right? Today, just knock it all out at one time. Already 15 minutes overdue. Jesus loves us. And he's for us. Why don't you stand up and let's just give the Lord an ovation of praise because some of y'all need to break the spirit of heaviness off of you right now. The Word of God is powerful, mighty, and will set you free. Love you guys. See you next week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.